You are listening to audio recorded at the Village Church. For more information, go to villagechurchbaltimore.com. Proud, but gives grace to the humble. To the humble, you receive his grace. We need that grace. We need him. We, it's by grace that we are saved. And so we, we're, we should be hungry and thirsty for this, this grace that he gives so freely to his children. So pride closes the door and it creates barriers, that resistance, that wall, while humility opens that door and grants us access. Now, Jesus didn't, I said earlier that Jesus didn't reject his disciples when they asked him that question. What he ends up doing is in uh, Matthew 18, verses 2 through 4, he gives them an example of what humility looks like using a child. So, uh, in Matthew 18, verse 2, Jesus called a a little child to him and put the child among them. And then he said, I'll tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins... And become like little children, you would never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I read that was like, what? Become like a child. He wasn't saying become childish though. So become like a child. So let's examine a child. Some qualities of a child. They're cute. People love to be around them. They're totally dependent on their parents to provide for them. They're very clingy. They're not going anywhere without mom or daddy. They're weak and without direction, they get lost. When they're out of their elements, they cry. They're teachable. They enter a room, they make a mess. They mess their diapers and everything. You know, and as parents, we, you know, we're right there cleaning them up. And when they're tired, they usually fight. They don't want to go down to sleep. But as a parent, you force them to lie down because you know what's good for them. You know what they need. And that's how God is with us. There's things that he has to force us to do a little bit. In Psalm 23, it says of God, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Because he knows what we need, what is going to benefit us. Our problem is that we fail to recognize our need of him. We don't acknowledge it. So we're called to call him father. And as that relationship deepens, we get to call him Abba Father. Which is like saying daddy. We can say daddy. And I go back to the kids, you know, they want mommy and daddy got their hands up. Right? In worship, we put our hands up. They sing, put your hands up to God because we're, we're surrendering. We're coming into a position of humility and surrendering, saying, God, I need you. Lifting up our hands is not for show. It's a cry to our Father. So I can assure you that uh, for those who may not have had the greatest example of a father, search the scriptures. Look at him. See how he interacts with his children. I can relate. I've been there. I know I didn't have that example. So I know it's kind of hard to see God as a father. But ask him, Lord, show me. Reveal to me how you're a father. Because I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. 
And he'll do it. And he'll do it because he loves you. You're his child. And so I want to share a little bit about what's the kingdom. Because I've talked about it. I mentioned this kingdom of heaven. But I haven't shared with you what the kingdom of heaven is. It's his government. It's how he operates. And the thing is, his government that he was setting up, it's not a place that we go to. It's not a location. It's in here. It's inside of us. It's what God is doing in us. It's what he's revealing to us. In the kingdom of God, it's, let me explain it to you like this. It's better to give than to receive in the kingdom of God. It is, it's when we get to pray over our enemies and love them. It's different. It's not what we've been taught. It's, it's in the kingdom, the way up actually is to go down. It's to become a servant. Now, God did this himself when he washed his disciples' feet. Our fearless leader got down and washed his disciples' feet. So if he can model that for us and show us what humility looks like, certainly that we can do that. It's in us. We can do it. And so in the kingdom, we experience an others-oriented mindset. We think of others first. Back to that C.S. Lewis quote, you know, we don't think less of ourselves. We think of ourselves less. We look to see how we can serve somebody. We get down on our knees and we ask, how can we serve you? And here's the thing. We don't lose our identity as a child in God. That is never taken away from us when we become a servant. I had to practice this recently, being being humbled. I was standing uh, at Walmart in the deli line, about like three people back. And there's this cart off to the side. And I can see two women running around putting things in the cart. The line moves. I move. The cart moved. All of a sudden, it got a little hot in Walmart. But I'm like, I think, I'm pretty sure it was me. It was just me. All of a sudden, that Mike that died of Christ, when I gave myself to, he, he rose. He resurrected. And he was like, you're not going to let that lady punk you and take your spot, are you? So I got a dilemma. (laughs) Do I do what I want to do, what that old person would have done? Or do I allow this lady to go first, you know, ahead of me? So I let her go. The line moved again. She moved. I smiled, gave the gesture. And at that moment, what I did was I invited her into the kingdom of God. I invited her into the kingdom. Whenever we show kindness to anybody who we think doesn't deserve it, that's kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. When we extend forgiveness and we bring that individual into the kingdom of God. When we lend money and not expect to be paid back, that's kingdom. And here's the thing. Jesus brought us into his kingdom when he extended forgiveness towards us, when he died on the cross for us. So it's recorded in the scriptures that parents would bring their children to Jesus for healing. And they did that because that's what he carried. He carried healing 
they're just healing in the, in the, in the uh, kingdom of God. There's forgiveness. There's deliverance. There's restoration in the kingdom of God. So if there is a relationship that you have right now that is a little strained, bring them into the kingdom of God. Extend that forgiveness and restoration is going to happen. That's what we bring. So the kingdom of God is what he's perfecting in us. It's what he's doing. It's the transformation that's happening when we yield to his ways. When that old person tries to rise up and get you to go back to your old ways, and we say no, we deny it, we're like, we're not going that route, that process is called dying to self. It's when we, not, we, don't, we don't let dead things live. We let the dead things stay dead. The old mic is gone. I'm not going to entertain that anymore. And what's happening in that process of, 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 of dying to self is us drawing closer to God, drawing nearer to God. It becomes personal. It's, it's um, what we carry is a life-changing message. And when we conform to the ways of God, our lifestyle is a world-changing lifestyle. That's what we're called to. Now, if you go to Chick-fil-A and ask for a burger... Are you going to get one? It's not what they serve. So in the kingdom, when people are around us, they're going to expect to receive the things of the kingdom, the peace that comes with knowing God, the humility, the strength, the love that's, that's associated with God. Like that's what we bring to them. That's what they can expect. In Mark chapter 7, verse 20, there's a list of things that we will not find that's in the kingdom of God. And it says, when it comes, what, it, what comes from, from inside a person is what defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile So we ask God to come in. We ask the kingdom to come in to get all of that stuff out. And these sins that I've just mentioned, these are, they were not found in Jesus Christ. He was sinless. And these sins are the very, these were our sins. These are the sins that nailed him to the cross. But the sinless life of Jesus, the untainted blood of Jesus cleanses us from all that filthiness of sin. And it's known that uh, uh, blood will permanently stain your clothes. Like you get blood on your clothes, forget about it, you're done. But it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us. Like it actually makes us clean and white as snow when we are standing face to face with the Father. No other blood will do that. And so these sins, you know, without Jesus, we're wretched. The world is in chaos. So how much more we need this kingdom of God uh, to make this place, uh, this world that we live in, a better place. So for us to think that we would ever be able to clean ourselves up and make ourselves presentable to God that he wants to be drawn near to us is prideful. Jesus was the way. God provided a way to clean us up, to make us look good. And that was through Jesus Christ and through his blood. And so we just have to stop and acknowledge that Jesus is the way.
and we're only going to get to God, and he's going to see us as beautiful as we are through the blood of Christ. So you and I, the church, and, 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 and uh, we are the vehicles that God is using to expand his kingdom, to extend his kingdom. And so there's a couple of ways that we can respond to this message today. The first way, the first thing that we can do is repent. Repent of our sins of pride and admitting our need of Jesus. We're going to enter into a time of communion where the blood, this bread here represents the broken body of Jesus. The, the cup, the juice that's in the, the cup represents his blood. And we're going to take that. In doing so, we're proclaiming that he died, he rose from the grave, he ascended to heaven, and he's coming back. This here represents our declaration, he's coming back. We believe that. And so before we enter into communion, Jason and the worship team, can you guys come up, please, and to start playing softly? If you don't know Christ today, don't come and take this yet. I would like for you to actually come to the front here, off to the right, me, Pastor Larry, Pastor Andy. Um, we'll be here off to the side. We want to pray with you. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, come to know him. He's provided a way for you to get to know him through Jesus Christ. It's, it's why we gather. It's why we, you know, I, we sit for hours and develop messages. It's why we, we come to worship. It's why we gather together. We want to be there for those and be an example to those who don't know Christ. And so... Uh, we want to come into agreement with you. So if you come down here as we're responding and taking communion, you don't know Christ, come over here. We can pray with you. We can bring you into the kingdom of God. There's another way we can respond to this message. Creating quiet time in your week with the Lord and asking him, asking the Holy Spirit in and to reveal to you what has been keeping that distance. Why is there a wall there? Why does it feel like I'm trudging through muddy waters to try to get to God? Create that quiet time with him. And then we also can present God in that quiet time with an offering of praise. It could be how we sing to him. Like become undignified and worship God. And sing to him and dance and, 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 and draw pictures and paint. And it's just an offering to God of, of just being thankful for who he is and what he's done for us. It's, a, it's an offering of gratitude. And so we're going to receive communion. Again, if you don't know Christ, I want you to get to know him. It's because of him that I'm able to come up here and do this. Like my confidence is in, in him to preach in front of you because a couple years ago I would have ran away from this. <laughs> He's become my rock. He's become my salvation. So please, um, you can form two lines, come up here to receive communion. 
we're going to be off to the side. We're going to pray. We want to pray for you. If there is something, if there's a sin that, you know, you just want us, the pastors and I, to come into agreement with you about, that you may experience the victory that Jesus provided for us, then please come on over and we can pray for you for you as well. Because it says where two or three are gathered together, Jesus is in the midst. So we want to come into agreement with you that you would walk in the victory that he provided. And so we'll enter into this time of communion. We're available for prayer. And then I'll be back up later to end the service. So please come and receive communion.